Hi everybody, I'm Amelia Easley and you are listening to the Sustainability of podcast. I'm currently studying environmental studies and international business at Santa Clara University. Each episode breaks down a company or product and its sustainable practices. I'm your one-stop shop for learning about everything sustainability related. Yay, I'm so excited to start my first episode ever on the Sustainability of podcast. This episode, we are talking about vegan leather and everything that goes into the different types of vegan leather and regular leather and the differences between them. So first, I'm going to talk about what is vegan leather. So vegan leather is uh, any type of leather substitute, just like when you're Googling, like, what's a substitute for oil on, you know, when you're making muffins. It's often made out of plastic, which is the most common type, and then there's also um, various other new innovations that I'll get into later about lab-grown leather, um, what else is there, mushroom leather, things like that. It's very cool, and it's really exciting in the new age of sustainability, where more people are paying attention to it, how how far we've gone in just the past couple years. So the debate between vegan leather versus natural leather is really what comes down to... um, ethics versus sustainability. Vegan leather, it doesn't involve the killing of animals and it doesn't involve um, using animals to produce a product for human consumption. Natural leather, on the other hand, uh, is really people, even environmentalists and people who are very passionate about sustainability, much prefer buying natural leather because it will last them a very, very long time and it does not have any virgin plastic in it. And I've read articles on, um, on websites for particularly like only leather goods, and then I've read articles on websites that only have vegan leather goods. And it's interesting to see um, statistics are interpreted differently on the different websites, which I will also get into um, in a bit. But that's the main... Um, reason for both sides is really about I you know for example some people don't want to use any animal products and they just they're much more um inclined to focus on um even if it harms the planet in the long run even if it doesn't biodegrade at least I'm not supporting an industry that tortures and kills animals just for the sake of disposable consumption And the natural leather is really about, this will last me a very long time, it will biodegrade much, much faster than vegan leather will, and it just makes more sense financially to keep keep this one item than to continually replace it once the vegan leather items wear out because they are not as durable, which I will also get into. Um, So what are my personal views on leather? I just try to avoid leather. Um, I do love my white sneakers, and so I have purchased um, white sneakers that have that are made out of vegan leather, which I'm assuming to be plastic. Um, however, I also understand and respect the value of natural leather, and there are a few companies that I also will mention um, that are doing immensely wonderful things in terms of natural leather. So when it comes to chemical processing, 
Um, that's a huge problem with vegan leather and real leather. Chemical processing of vegan leather is a problem because of the sustainability or the, um, the materials that go into producing the, the vegan leather. So that's either polyurethane or polyvinyl chloride, PU or PVC plastic, which I'm sure most of you have probably heard of before. These are virgin plastics, and that's a huge issue for many, many people, including myself. And I think that many brands have gotten away with greenwashing, saying this isn't real leather, this is cruelty-free, like it's totally fine with all the animal lovers, all the vegan lovers, like this one's for you. And they don't give you any more information beyond that. And people are like, oh, like it must be fine. The reality of, his, of it is PVC is extremely toxic to produce. So in the production of vegan leather, people, like societies, are devastated by the toxicity of this plastic. Um, and then when it comes to real leather, uh, so leather must be tanned to prevent it from rotting. And so that usually the cheapest and the quickest way to do that is chromium, chrome tanning, rather than vegetable tanning, which has been used for centuries. But when it comes to fast fashion and a lot of other brands, they can chrome tan uh, leather in about a day rather than a couple months for vegetable tanned leather. So that's a huge, huge motivator for a lot of companies. However, chromium tanning is extremely toxic to the people who must produce it, which is what I am going to get into right now. Uh, I want to touch on the process of leather tanning and how leather is made. And so there's a website called bestleather.com and they have an article titled, How is Leather Tanned? So First, they mention that after the leather comes from a slaughterhouse, they are rid of any skin, fur, etc., and cured with salt. Um, and then after the salt curing process, the salt must be removed. So the leather sits in a chemical bath to prevent bacterial growth. And as you can imagine, this entire process is taking place in developing countries where poor infrastructure, um, poor labor laws, poor government um, aid exists. It's um, an extremely dangerous place to work, especially in the fashion industry with chemical dyes and chromium tanning like this. So, um, and I think India and Bangladesh were the main two that were mentioned frequently, um, as they are with typical fast fashion. So then the leather sits in an alkaline solution to remove the rest of the fat and the hair. And it also put, puts the leather in um, an ideal condition for tanning. Then like it's a, it's a very um, like step intensive process. There's a lot that has to go in just to prep the leather um, to be tanned. There's full grain leather and then there's also, I think it's like part grain leather. And the quality of full grain leather is much stronger and, um, and it wears better and it lasts a much longer time. And then there's the other part of the leather. So the full grain leather is what is uh, where the hair follicles attach. And so the other leather is often weak enough that in addition to um, like the danger of the chromium tanning and just like the ethics of 
uh, producing hide and leather in general, they often have to use plastic to to bond this this weaker leather together with other um, whether that be like other types of plastic, other leather, um, things like that, just to make it hold up. So that was another interesting fact that I had no idea about. Another Good On You article titled The Hidden Costs of Leather adds, quote, it is also important to remember that leather isn't a byproduct of the meat industry or something that would end up being waste so is good to use anyway. Animal hide is extremely profitable and often animals are strictly killed for their skin. This makes leather a co-product of the meat industry and can essentially be seen as a subsidy on meat. It is vital not to fall into the trap of thinking that leather is a byproduct, thus we aren't technically supporting animal slaughter, end quote. Okay, so for Christmas, I got this pair of sneakers from a brand called No Saints. Um, for my father, I told him that I want a pair of white sneakers for Christmas. Uh, I trust you. And he succeeded. However, the No Saints website calls my sneakers a microfiber-based vegan leather. However, there's nothing else on their website, and I did try to email their um, the contact page, and I have not heard back yet about what else goes into the product. So, and these are made in Portugal, which is very cool. So now we're going to talk about different types of vegan leather, which I'm very excited to touch on, and I learned so much during this process of learning about. Um, the different types and really coming up with my own point of view about um, what kind of purchases I'd like to make in the future. So I'm going to also touch on vegan leather and microplastics. So vegan leather, as I mentioned, is either likely almost always made out of PVC or PU plastic, and that releases hundreds of thousands of microplastic particles each and every day into our ocean. And that's per item. Every time it's washed, um, I think I, I read somewhere um, a while ago that when you wash lycra, just from one wash, 700,000 pieces of microplastic are pushed into the water stream just from one item in one wash each time, which is insane. So PU is the common type that's used, and then PVC, which I think is coming... Um, starting to go out of production because it's just so dangerous is just a far worse type of um, petroleum-based plastic because of the chemicals that it emits when it's being processed and produced. The Stella McCartney website, which I'm very excited to talk about Stella McCartney. I do love Stella McCartney, I must admit. Um, she talks a lot about the materials that she uses in her different products. And so vegan leather was one that she admitted to using they mentioned on their website that they do understand that the vegan leather is made out of petroleum-based products, and they acknowledge that, and they're actively working towards solutions with different companies towards, um, towards fixing that problem and towards removing plastic from their supply chain. Stella McCartney's website mentions the HIG Material Sustainability Index, which says that even polyurethane vegan leather made from plastic scores significantly better than cow leather when it comes to sustainability. These criteria are based on, quote, energy, water, chemistry, and additional impacts used in material production, as mentioned in an Apparel Insider article. 
There's another type of leather that potentially you've heard of before. I'm only going to briefly touch on it called Pinatex, um, which is made out of pineapple. And many people are regarding it as, um, as very innovative and it's super exciting and very important. However, many do not know that the, um, the molding between the layers that's required to uh, form this type of pineapple leaf leather is actually made out of plastic. So it's not quite as sustainable as you may have previously thought. So Stella McCartney is a trailblazer, as many of you may know, in, um, in high-end fashion and then also in the sustainability realm. So the history of the company. Stella McCartney established her brand in 2001, and she is, by the way, the daughter of Paul McCartney, the singer. Um, and since its inception, it's always been the brand, not Paul McCartney. It's always been vegan and cruelty-free. And in 2004, three years after its establishment, they started the Adidas by Stella McCartney brand, which I had no idea about. I thought it was actually like a recent thing. I had no idea that that brand extension and that collaboration has been going on for 16 years now, which is crazy to think about. And then in 2005, a year later, they launched their first organic cotton denim collection, which I think may have been the first of its kind. Um, I'm not 100% positive. And then in 2007, two years later, they launched an all organic, um, all the ingredients are, all the active ingredients are organic um, skincare line called Care. Um, and then in 2009, fun fact, Stella McCartney and her brand established the Meat Free Mondays movement, which is crazy that I feel like she's not at the forefront of the high-end designers like Louis Vuitton, like Chanel, things like that. And she is newer than those other companies, so naturally she's not quite as, um, her brand isn't quite as prominent and perhaps as recognizable as others, but, um, the fact that she made such an empowering and such a strong movement that people talk about every day is, is impressive and important that we recognize. Um, and then 2010, Stella McCartney completely eliminated PVC from the supply chain, which is super important because PVC, as I mentioned before, is extremely dangerous for everyone involved. In 2011, Stella McCartney launched her eyewear line from plant-based resins and plastics. And so obviously she's a trailer trailblazer in the industry and is not recognized highly enough, but she has gained, um, she has collaborations with The Real Real, Adidas, um, and several other companies. So naturally she has a lot of growth and I'm so excited to see what more comes out of the brand as innovative as it is and hopefully one day I'll be able to work with her, um, work for her. It's a dream of mine. Another crazy fact that I wish I mentioned earlier when it comes from, when it comes to leather, greenhouse gas emissions from livestock account for 15% of all greenhouse gas emissions, which is insane. So, Stella McCartney continues on her website to say that, quote, 
the um, environmental profit and loss, which is developed by Caring, that measures greenhouse gas emissions, water use, water pollution, land use, air pollution, and waste across the entire supply chain, has shown that the most damaging impact of polyester production is the extraction and processing of oil into yarn. However, the shedding and environmental impact of microfibers from synthetic materials has been seriously undervalued in data sets that the fashion industry relies on. End quote. So she really tries to emphasize that um, that vegan leather, despite it being plastic, is better for the environment and better for your conscience. Um, however, again, I think I think being transparent as she's being, um, and she actually the Stella McCartney company developed the environmental profit and loss um, system. So um, I'm wondering if it's also like skewed in some sense, but I'd like to like look more into it and see what, what else goes into it and how everything is measured. But at the moment, um, they're being incredibly transparent about what is going on in the supply chain and um, they know what they're doing. And they're actively trying to fix it, which for me is important that a brand really acknowledges um, and is is truly transparent even when it does not benefit the brand. So if you're part of the ethical fashion world, now I'm going to talk about a major debate that occurred between vegan leather and leather. And if you are involved in sustainable fashion or really like in that realm, then you probably know the brand that I'm talking about where they released a, um, a line of real leather sneakers despite being a trailblazer in the transparent and um, sustainable fashion field. So I... They came out with the real leather sneaker and all over their social media, people were freaking out. Um, there were comments everywhere. Why didn't you use vegan leather? Like, I thought you were trying to be more carbon neutral. And the sneaker was, quote, carbon neutral. So I'm assuming that they offset all their emissions because if, um, if what did we say the statistic was? 15% of all greenhouse gas emissions come from livestock. Clearly, real leather sneakers are not carbon neutral. So when we talk about this debate, it's important to recognize that um, that this company has been a trailblazer and that they are a perfect starting company to start off with in the sustainable fashion world. So they're really an accessible brand that has a wonderful minimalist style that anyone can wear. I have multiple, multiple outfits um, from this brand and, um, and I do love them dearly, but um, I began to be more and more skeptical after learning more about sustainable fashion and really beginning to understand what um, they were being transparent in certain things, but really were not with others. So there were comments flooding their social media about why didn't you use vegan leather? And they did respond with... Um, by saying that most vegan leather today is made out of virgin plastic and because they have decided to 
eliminate virgin plastic from their supply chain by 2020, I'm pretty sure the date is, um, which is this year, um, that they were not about to um, invest in producing a sneaker that was made out of sustainable, or that was made out of virgin plastic, which I completely understand. However, from my personal point of view, if you're a business and your entire business structure, your entire marketing structure, your entire like line to to profitability is about transparency and is about sustainability, I think it is very wrong for a company to to make this decision where clearly they, for none of their leather products, they state where the leather is sourced, how sustainably the leather was sourced, whether or not it was recycled. So clearly, you know, it's not sustainable. It's not sourced well, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just think that it was, it was a decision they made for whatever reason, but if it were my business, I would have waited till there was an opportune time and I could do it right and use truly sustainable vegan leather rather than what was made out of plastic, rather than real leather, use recycled leather um, that you can prove is recycled, that you can prove is is truly a byproduct. Um, there's just a lot that um, I would have preferred to have seen from a brand that I loved so dearly. Anyway, end of the tangent. Now we're going to talk about different types of vegan leather, which I am so excited about. So, and then at the end, after we talk about these different types of vegan leather, we're going to talk about sustainably tanned leather. So, yes, it does exist. I'm very excited to share. Say hi, Zeus. Meow. See, we love animals. So, first we're gonna talk about lab-grown leather which is um, very new and it has yet to come out into the marketplace, but they have um, in 2018, so surely it's way, way more, they have had $53.5 million in venture capital invested into their company. So the company is called Modern Meadow and it's based in New Jersey. So this is, um, this is leather that is being grown in New Jersey. The fabric um, is called Zoa, Z-O-A, and it's completely vegan and chemical-free. Collagen is protein from the skin, and they are growing that with yeast um, in like large areas in a lab, I'm assuming. And because they have so much invested in it, I think just like, cause they're starting to grow lab meat too. And um, so I think it's really interesting what science can do uh, for fashion. And a lot of people think like science, you know, is in technology goes completely against like environmentalism. And I think that while I thought that for a very long time, this is one of the perfect examples that it can aid us toward a better future and toward a future with less waste and more, um, lead us toward a more ethical lifestyle. Orange Fiber is the next company we're going to talk about. They have been featured in the H&M Conscious Collection, which went huge, and then also in Salvador Ferragamo's Capsule Collection. Um, 
and they were actually exhibited at the V&A, the Victoria and Albert Museum, which is in London, and then also at the Copenhagen Fashion Summit, which is incredible, and I'm very surprised that I had never heard of, heard of it before, considering that it's so big. So this company was founded in February 2014, and it uses byproduct orange waste, so that would have other got, otherwise gone to waste, so it's basically just, I think, like the peels. Yeah, it says here, uh, quote from their website, that a dream come true, quote, a dream come true by pioneering an innovative process to extract cellulose, cellulose from citrus juice byproduct and transforming it into a refined and high quality fabric for a totally new standard in fashion and luxury, end quote. So they're using the cellulose from citrus juice. So they're using I, I, byproduct oranges, I'm assuming, and, um, and, making it into um into a leather we, we can use i don't think that it has any plastic in it um but i could be wrong so please let me know if i am then there are a few companies that are producing leather made out of mushrooms which is so cool um the two main ones that i've seen one is called muskin muskin um m-u-s-k-i-n and in an article on their website, um, or actually this is a LifeGate article titled Muskin, the vegetable leather made from mushroom, says that, quote, Muskin is completely made from the cap of the felinus ellipsoidus. Nice. Um, a gigantic inedible mushroom species native to subtropical forests that feeds on tree trunks, making them putrefy. Once extracted, the material is treated in a similar way to am animal leather, but with completely natural techniques. These include using eco-friendly products such as eco-wax, which adds special characteristics to the leather. So I was on their website, and to me, it doesn't look like real leather. Um, it definitely looks like kind of like the cork situation where it's like, it's like a, a niche kind of vibe um but maybe i just haven't seen it used in the right style in the right context um yeah because cork is very a sustainable alternative quote that people say they use but truthfully i and i know many people agree with me don't think that it's like the most attractive thing in the world um and so yeah which is kind of a shame but um and cork comes from Italy, I'm pretty sure I read, and even, like, the Italians don't use cork products. Um, but the mushroom, the muskin, I'm going to call it muskin rather than muskin, um, the website also adds that it is a thermal insulator, it's water repellent, and it's non-toxic. So that is, that has more properties, more desirable properties than regular leather does, in fact, and so that is desirable, especially with the water repellents, because like a lot of people carry their leather bags to work, um, like their cute little totes, and they get destroyed in the rain. So I look forward to seeing what more comes out of that brand, but um, and I'm intrigued to see um, the appearance of it on different types of products and how it's used. Another product Another brand that produces uh, mushroom skin is called Milo, M-Y-L-O, and the process begins with growing mycelium cells. 
Um, on Bolt Thread's website, which is the brand that produces these mycelium cell cells, Milo um, fabric, says that, quote, mycelium is the network of thread-like cells that make up fungi. It holds the forest floor together and acts as nature's recycling system by releasing enzymes that break down natural materials and release nutrients into the soil, end quote. And their website also says that it involves no plastic whatsoever, which is really cool, and it makes it biodegradable. So whenever you're done with that new pair of shoes, you just throw it in the compost bin. Like, whoever heard of that? Isn't that crazy? Um, and they also mentioned that it's durable because it's grown in a lab setting. They can um, basically like choose what thickness, size, shape, um, everything like that, the the leather is formed in, which is really cool. The website also says that, quote, we use mycelium in beds of agricultural waste and byproduct, nourishing the cells in a way that nature intended. We precisely control growth conditions like temperature and humidity to encourage mycelium to grow upward and assemble into an organized mat of interconnected cells. We then harvest the mycelium mat and tan it with environmentally sound dyes. Then we process the mat and imprint it with a pattern which gives us the final material. So that's really, really cool. And we are done with all the different types of vegan leather. So I just wanted to recap that because um, we've covered so much right now. Um, basically, I just want to do like a short little summary of everything that we've talked about thus far. So vegan leather is um, non, it's cruelty free. However, it produce, it's produced from different types of plastic, which when you think of it in the long run could potentially involve cruelty when it comes to um, like sea life and um, different things like that. The debate between vegan versus natural leather is the natural leather with longevity, with quality, it lasts forever, it's durable, it ages really beautiful, beautifully, and you don't have to keep replacing it. However, it does involve, um, to be blunt, the torturing and killing and um, horrible livelihoods of various animals that I believe have as much of a chance at, to a wonderful life as we do. Vegan leather, on the other hand, is, as I mentioned, made out of plastic most of the time, and it is not, it does not look as pretty, it does not wear well, it does not, um, it's just, its quality is just not, not up to par, and it needs to be replaced over time, according to several users and their reviews. Um, chromium tanning is a major problem with real leather, as well as um, PVC, which is a extremely dangerous and as we mentioned from Stella McCartney the um, most damaging part of polyester production which comes into play with the um, petroleum-based and plastic-based vegan leather is um, the extraction and processing of oil into yarn so and when it comes down to it also the shedding and environmental impact of microfibers from synthetic materials, which would also include this vegan leather. Um, so those are, that's like really kind of the big debate about everything. Um, and then we talk about PU leather. We talk about different brands, like the one I mentioned that came out with the sneaker line that had a lot of issues. Um, 
with really trying to convince their customer customers that they made a good business choice to produce regular leather sneakers. And then we also talked a lot about Stella McCartney and how much she's a trailer trailblazer in the industry and how much I look forward to seeing what else she comes up with. Um, we talk about lab-grown leather, which comes from New Jersey, and they have over $53.5 billion in venture capital investments. Right now, um, it's probably like close to $100 million probably at this point. Um, and it's currently not yet out on the market, but clearly it has plenty, plenty of potential. Um, and it takes a far less amount of time to produce. All these types of vegan leather produce take far less time to produce um, when it comes down to it, like raising cattle and harvesting it. When I talked about the chromium leather, the how, how many steps in the process there are, there was probably at least like 15. Um, then we talk about orange fiber, um, how it was in the H&M Conscious Collection, the Salvador Ferragamo Capsule Collection, and it was also at the Copenhagen Fashion Summit and the VNA. Um, and then we finally talk about the different types, two different types of mushroom leather that's being produced, and how people can the Milo, the mycelium um, cells can be really like grown into whatever size, um, shape kind of leather that is wanted and then moosekin is um it it doesn't like quite look as pretty from what I've seen but I look forward to seeing what else they have to produce from it and it's made from a inedible mushroom species in subtropical forests um now finally the exciting part that I cannot wait to talk about is sustainably tanned leather and whether or not that shit exists. Yes, it does. So, Wesselink of Oh My Bag, who's I'm assuming the owner, they did not mention a first name of Wesselink, but Oh My Bag wanted to change the leather tanning industry and show how it could be done with eco-friendly methods. So, there's an article titled, quote, if there are so many great vegan alternatives to leather, why don't ethical brands use them by Alden Wicker on EcoCult? And he dives into what sustainably tanned leather uh, entails. So there's something called wet white tanning, which is, quote, um, free of harmful chemicals like chromium, heavy metals, formaldehyde, short chain chlorinated paraffin, volatile organic compounds, and alkyl phenol ethoxylates. If any of you know what that means, let me know. It's so clean that leftover leather can be recycled and used in fertilizer, unlike chromium tanned leather. The leather is tested regularly by SGS, a Switzerland-based independent inspection agency, to ensure it is toxin-free, end quote. So, sustainably tanned leather, I was looking online and I actually found two brands that truly use recycled leather which is so exciting so oh my bag um is it's o the letter o m y b a g dot n l because it's a netherlands website and you can look at their products on there they're so cute and they're natural leather made from white wet white tanning and then there's also a company called opus mind o-p-u-s-m-i-d-n no O-P-U-S-M-I-N-D. 
D.com and they have adorable leather pieces and they're made out of real leather and they actually use this process to actually in, like enforce um, the fact that this is byproduct leather and it would have otherwise gone to waste and it is it has been like recycled. So that's like very, very exciting to me. And um, I actually am planning on getting a tote bag from them. Like, I think it's so exciting um, what the leather industry has to offer and the innovations that are being made. So I want to make a final, um, I want to make a final comment on the leather industry. And I just want to say how amazing it was really like learning about all of this and um, discovering all that really goes into leather and how complicated and tricky the industry is and it honestly just makes you feel like I've done so much research and now it's just like gone all to waste and I just don't know you know like how do I make these purchases and I just don't know like what the best way to go about things are now as a shopper and so as daunting as it can seem um, I would definitely look at Opus Mind and Oh My Bag and see what they have to offer and if they fit your leather needs. Although I think that they only offer bags. They don't have like shoes or um, apparel or anything like that. I think that at the moment they just specialize in bags. So when it comes to purchasing other types of leather items, I personally, if I'm going to offer any advice on this episode, I would stick to secondhand purchases. Um, I don't... For me, I, I just get so overwhelmed with what's sustainable, what's not, what's ethical, what's not. And then I'm like, you know what, Amelia, just get something secondhand. It's not that hard. So uh, my goal is right now I'm looking for a pair of pool sliders, um, like like the regular like Gucci sliders that you see around. And I'm trying to find an ethical version of that. So in my next episode, I will let you know of any progress that comes with that. That's all for this episode. Check out my Instagram in the show notes and feel free to leave me any suggestions for future topics. I'll see you all in my next episode.